Welcome to episode 32 of Collector's Quest, and before we get started, I have a few quick announcements. First off, this is the big one. Collector's Quest Podcast now has its own Instagram page, so please go ahead and follow that. That is collectors underscore quest underscore podcast. And the reason we started that is because it was great. Kat and I just announcing it every day. But what we found out is we couldn't feature anyone's collections. We had to try and box these pictures up in our announcements. And then our reminders weren't always doing it justice. So we wanted to have enough room to spread out, so to speak, so we can show more of collections when we have guests. And we also want to do a thing where we have, you know, a pick of the day where people tag our podcast and, you know, we feature their collection or like a pick of the week where we actually give you a shout out on the next week's podcast. So that's something we're doing there. And, uh, you know, that's where we're moving forward. The show is getting bigger, but we still do need, you know, some of those ratings on iTunes. So, again, if you like what we're doing, please go to iTunes and, and put us out there. Give us a rating that helps us grow. The other part of the announcement is that we are now available on Google Play. You can search Collector's Quest Podcast for Android listeners or people who just prefer that platform. And I am working on transcribing uh, new episodes to YouTube and then hopefully some of the old ones, and I will let you know the minute that's done. All right, on today's episode, that is, we've got a guest. We've got Nintendo Twizzer, and I, I mentioned, you know, his collection and who he is, so if, if you don't follow him yet, his page is, is not, it's not new, but it's not uh, as well-developed as some video game collector's pages, but he has an amazing collection. His page is going to grow, and he's one of the best collectors around, super knowledgeable, He's one of the guys I go to when I have questions and I want to bounce things off of. You know, he is 100% legit. The episode starts now. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat here with Johnny. Hey, how's it going, Kat? How are you? I'm good, but it's not just you and I today. We have a guest. Yes, my favorite. I love when we have a guest. And today we have uh, with us Nintendo Twizzer, and his name is Aaron Norton. And he's going to talk to us today about collecting. And you guys have, if you guys haven't heard of Nintendo Twizzer, you just don't realize you haven't heard of him because he's got a very famous collection. Would you say that's that's accurate, Aaron? Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of one of those collections that's made its rounds on the internet, uh, turned into a meme. I, I see it randomly pop up in Facebook groups or or uh, just wherever. So, yeah, yeah, it seems to be known. Yeah, I I, I think it's kind of uh, a unique situation where you're, you're at a, a place where your uh, former collection was more well-known than you were for having it. That was kind right. of... Uh, yeah, I my favorite meme that I've seen attached to it is um the one that says it's got a picture of your collection which is very distinct and says uh i'm afraid that my wife will sell these games for the price i told her i paid for them like that's uh that's the one i like best attached to your collection yeah there's there's one that's uh there's like a 50 shades of gray one that i've seen uh there's one that says gamestop will give me six dollars and 83 cents of trade-in <laughs> value and right yeah I, i've seen a few different ones yeah. And is it is it weird seeing memes of your collection in all these different formats? It it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I, if I see it posted in Facebook groups, I'll throw a comment in there like, yeah, this collection sucks or I've seen better collections. You know, <laughs> nobody knows this is my collection, but it it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh so if you guys don't realize which one we're talking about now, your collection was pretty distinct because it was a cart only collection, but you had made the shelves and designed like the signs that say like Nintendo and Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Sega. You did that all yourself. I mean, the Nintendo stuff was all card only, but your Genesis stuff was boxed, right? Right, yep, yep. And, of course, your GameCube stuff was also boxed, but uh, Super Nintendo and NES and Game Boy, the earlier systems were, were card only. And uh, yeah. it, it had a very distinct look, and it was it was very well displayed, and you had, like, a nice, like, yellow, yellow walls as the background. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. So maybe you guys have seen it, but of course in, in this episode we'll we'll post some pictures of it up so people will know what we're talking about. 
But um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you, like how you started collecting, like were these games you had from a kid, like how did you go about amassing them, was it eBay, like what did you do, what was your process like? Sure, yeah. No, I, I've always been a collector of just random things, uh, you know, baseball cards, keys, whatever. You know, I just grew up finding stuff and collecting it and putting it on my shelves, you know, and I've always been a gamer, too. I was I was kind of a fortunate kid because my parents owned a video store in the 80s and the 90s, so I had a pretty um, wide range of video games to choose from. Um, but it wasn't until probably 2009, 2010 timeframe when I came across the website Nintendo Age. And that was, it was, it kind of blew my mind to see a group of collectors that were so passionate, so knowledgeable about, you know, game collecting. They had lists of what a complete set looked like for NES, for Super Nintendo. And that kind of sparked my, ignited my interest in game collecting. And so from that point, I just started, you know, kind of going on eBay, looking to see what games were out there, going to thrift stores and pawn shops, kind of figuring out what a complete set of games looked like. I've never seen a complete set of NES games or Super Nintendo games on the wall. And I kind of wanted to see if I could go after that experience. And, um, yeah, so I've kind of just been collecting ever since. I kind of blame Nintendo Age, though, just seeing all those a community of collectors so passionate about the hobby that really kind of kind of ignited collecting for me. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I think Nintendo Age has cost me thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a favorite system? Like, or is there something that you have a fond memory of and it's nostalgic for you or you just like it the way it displayed or it was a fun collecting process? Yeah, probably the probably the NES. I mean, that's the one I really grew up on. I have a lot of nostalgia for that system. Um, and that was really kind of the main system I was going for when I first started. Of course, it branched out to pretty much everything, but um, probably the yeah the NES and the GameCube. Uh, I really enjoyed collecting for the GameCube because I don't think many people were collecting for it at the time. This was a few years back, and um, that I had a lot of fond memories of the GameCube too. That was one of the first systems I had bought on launch day with my own money. You know, I was I was standing outside Kmart at like five in the morning. Uh, getting ready uh, for them to open the doors the day the GameCube came out. And um, so I would say probably NES and GameCube, those are two of my favorite systems to go for. Yeah, that's um, when I talk on the podcast about uh, the person who who hooked me up with a lot of GameCube information and also GameCube games. Uh, Aaron is actually the guy I'm talking about because uh, when we started chatting on Nintendo Age and doing trade, a lot of it um, was Aaron had given me his list of complete a complete GameCube list from Nintendo Age and uh gave me a lot of trades. He had a he had a bunch of doubles and I was trading him Sega stuff at that time. And uh really without Aaron I you know I don't know how I would have got most of my GameCube uh collection complete cuz I think we traded like for over 100 GameCube games. Right. I think yeah. I think we did like two big big trades, right? Yeah, we yeah, we had a huge and this is, you know, two, three, four years back, but we had um, a huge trade going on and it ex- expanded months and months because, you know, you kept adding games to your side and I kept adding games to my side. And, you know, Johnny, you seemed more, at least at the time, I mean, now you kind of have everything, but you were more of a Sega guy. You had complete sets of everything Sega. And so a lot of your extras were Sega, all your duplicates. And at the same time, me, I was more of a Nintendo guy. I had a bunch of n- complete Nintendo sets. So a lot of my duplicates were Nintendo. So it was kind of nice, you know, we kind of could help each other out. I could trade some of my extra Nintendo stuff for some of your extra Sega stuff. And, uh, yeah, we really helped each other out. And you helped me with my Sega Master System set. Um, I think you helped uh, trade the first 30 games or so for that my Sega Master System set. So that was great. Yeah, that was, uh, that was yeah, really, uh, that was, that was a, I mean, I don't know how trades like that get done anymore. Those were, like, gigantic, like you said, span months where I've just been, like, Okay, what about this? And like trying to get our values approximate, and uh, you know, just making sure everyone was uh, making sure we we're about fine with the trade. And uh, yeah, I think I got over a hundred GameCube games in that deal, a couple loose NES cards. And yeah, at the time I was more of a Sega guy. I mean, in my heart, I've always been a Super Nintendo guy, but I wasn't actively collecting for that. For Sega, I was like pretty, pretty on the hook for I'm going for a complete everything set. So let's go ahead and get this done. So yeah, it was a. Uh, fortuitous it was just good timing on on both our parts yeah yeah for sure 
Yeah, so like with Cat, she's going for GameCube. I sent some boxes her way, but uh, she's also going for Master System. And I, yeah, I told her I don't have many doubles left, and that was because when I, I had all those doubles, most of them went to you. Yeah. I think I, I only had like 12 left after that. <laughs> and now I have to kick myself because I sold off all my double, doubles. And now that I've sold my collection, I'm kind of trying to reacquire some of my old games. And I'm like, oh, I had a bunch of these games, and I traded them off. But it's okay, you know, it was for games I needed at the time, so, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, so you, and you just mentioned it, you had, so, what's, what's, before we talk about what you sold, give us a rundown of what you had complete sets on. Uh, sure, sure. I had a complete NES set minus stadium events. Uh, I had a reproduction of stadium events, but, you know, that game was out of my ballpark. Um, a complete Super Nintendo set, complete Nintendo 64 set, GameCube, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, uh, Sega Master System, Game Gear, Virtual Boy, and 32X. And I think that's it. <laughs> that's and then a it? bunch of just loose games for other systems. Yeah. yeah that, that's it. I think that's quite enough. That's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, right? there's no lack of games there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like weirdly felt like you and I almost have the same collection. Like, I was like, oh, he's got, like, almost, like, especially after the trade, I was like, wow, our collections are are almost the same. I mean, except for my NES and uh, Super Nintendo stuff is boxed, but, like, pretty much that and then uh, some of your portable stuff. But I, I felt like our collections were pretty similar uh, at the time, because there wasn't so many guys, and there still isn't, that were uh, going for full sets. That's still kind of, uh, you know, an, uh, an area unto itself, like a lot of people still nostalgia collector or they have a system they focus on, but uh, complete set collectors, not so much. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure there's something wrong with us because it's kind of crazy to go for so many games, but, you know, it, it's fun. It's fun yeah. in some way. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a fun ride, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. There's probably some, there's some something broken there. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure therapy will tell me one day, but uh, as of yet, undiscovered. So you did sell it. And what made you decide to sell it? Like, what was that? When did you go, okay, I've got all of it, now it's now it's time to go. What was the trigger for that? Uh, well, I guess the main thing was I was looking to build a house. I, I had acquired some land, and my family was growing at the same time. My wife was pregnant with our fourth child, so, uh, so we needed a little bit bigger house, and I wanted to build a house, and that requires money. So I had quite a bit of money wrapped up into the games, and I'm thinking, you know, why don't I just – Throw them on eBay, see what happens. If they don't sell, that's fine. But if they do sell, great. Then you know more money for the house, and uh, and we'll just go from there. And uh, but it was kind of amazing. I put it all on eBay, and I I didn't really expect the response I got. But my as soon as I put it on eBay, it, it kind of exploded. You know, it got a great deal of attention. I was getting messages uh, into my inbox every two or three minutes for about three days. Wow. So it's just blowing up my phone. You know, people just asking questions. Why are you selling? Um, what games do you have? This and that. So it was um, quite a response. And then uh, like Time Magazine Time Magazine, and Huffington Post and the Washington Post and a bunch of different websites picked it up. And so it kind of really got spread all over the Internet as soon as I had put it up online. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit, bit of uh, pub publicity. There, mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden, I'm sure you weren't used to that level of scrutiny either. No, no, it was kind of out of left field. You know, I'd have radio shows call me, which I didn't give up my phone number, so I don't even know how that happens. I guess, you know, Internet, you can find anybody on the Internet. So I would get like a random phone call. Hey, I'm such and such from such and such radio station. You mind if I talk about your collection? I'm just like, OK, sure, I guess. I mean, you know. The more people that ask about it, the more people that see it, the more chance I have to find a buyer. So yeah, I was fine yeah. with it, but it was it was a little bit out of left field. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. And what did you throw it on eBay? Uh, I had it on there for one hundred and sixty four thousand in, uh, but best offer as well. And and that that's uh, that is this is a confirmed sell, so it did sell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And you accepted a best offer price. Yep, yep. Uh, there was a person I was dealing with, and he kind of threw me a lower offer than what I was really wanting to take. I threw him a higher offer, 
he threw me another offer. I threw him an offer, and we ended up meeting somewhere in the middle. Okay, and so I, I know the the exact amount is over is kind of out there, but kind of not because back in the day um, on eBay, and this is we'll we'll throw a caveat that this might not be exactly correct, but you could go on if you sold something for best offer in the U.S. You could go back and you could switch your eBay to like eBay Canada or eBay Japan and you could see what some of the best offers sold for because they had different laws or, or governances about what price, what a sold price needed to be displayed in the U.S. Uh, that best offer was kept private, which is say best offer. But if uh, on those other sites, on the other eBay sites, you could actually see a number. Um, and I think the number for yours got thrown out bet we won't we won't touch too bit, but it was over a hundred thousand. Is that accurate? Right. Yep. Yep. So that's a confirmed sell. This is you know there's been a lot of big collections and other things and like stadium events that have popped up for you know large sums of money, but a lot of those were non-confirmed sells where people just trolled and shill bit it up. But yours actually went, so that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was um it was a bit nerve-wracking because I was talking with the person and. You know, I talked to him on the phone a couple times and we had to wire transfer the money and whatnot. And it was I was a bit nervous that it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, like you said, shill bids and troll bids. And you just don't really know until it actually goes through. And so I was it was it was a bit nerve wracking for a few days there. But, uh, yeah, I, I boxed everything up. It was on two huge pallets and two huge boxes. And, uh, yeah, shipped everything off to the person. Yeah, Kat and I have talked about whether we would sell our collections, and I, I think we both came down on not really looking to, but if the offer was right, Kat would go, right, Kat? You would... Oh, everything's for sale for a price. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I can't imagine, like, the process of boxing that up. And then, I mean, I think people don't really kind of think about it either. Then what, like, the tax hit on something like that? Did you have to, like, get an accountant to kind of deal with like this, or, or is that... uh do you not want to mention if you had to go to an account for that? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's stuff you you have to. It's good to talk to a professional tax account and whatnot to kind of figure out exactly what to do with all that. It's uh, yeah. So it is something I had to work through, and it's the whole thing is kind of a unique process. You know, figuring out how to ship that that many games and uh, working through it, and just uh, you know, and just setting up the eBay auction. You know, what's what's the best way to sell a massive amount of games like that? I mean, we're talking about nearly 6,000 games. So, you know, a lot of people, they have different ideas on what to do with that many games. You know, do you sell them one by one? And if you do, how many man hours does that take to sell those individually? Or do you do what I did and just throw it all in one, one big lot? Or do you try to sell it by system? You know, and there's lots of different kind of different ways you can approach it. Yeah, and those are all... You know, good questions, stuff we've talked about too. I think you, your collection has the the benefit of kind of being a well-known collection and uh, w- well photographed too. You know, uh, nice pictures of it. Um, people do talk about like whether do you think you would have made money, more money if you would have tried to to piece it out game by game? I personally, I think it becomes a wash. I, I think a lot of guys don't, as you said, value their time. And to me, my time is money. You know. Time mm-hmm. is a precious commodity, whether you equate it into money or freedom or, you know, hours you get to spend with your family that, you know, time has a value to me. And, you know, where you may have made a few extra thousand dollars, I, I don't know if um, the time or the effort would have been necessarily worth that amount. Yeah, right. Yeah. And for me, you know, and I'm happy with what I sold mine for. I think I did really well. And I, like you said, it's kind of, I think the spectacle of my collection. I mean, not many people had seen, you know, big wall of games, especially not like casual people that are in the collecting community. So because of that, it got passed around to a bunch of different people. It kind of went viral. And so it, so for me, I think it helped trying to sell it all as one big lot, just because it, it's a news story. Right. Know, to some websites. Yeah. Selling, selling your individual earthbound and then like your Agani and your wild guns. Mm, that That's done every single day. Uh, whereas yeah. opposed to, you know, one giant collection full of complete sets isn't something that that happens that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. I think and I was. Makes... Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, and I was just looking for, you know, one buyer 
You know, I, I just need to get out there. And obviously the person that's going to spend this amount of money on games has the disposable income to do so, you know, is a wealthy person. And I just needed to find one buyer. So that's that's what I was going for. And when it was gone and all packed up, were you sad to see it go, but happy with your decision? Would you go back and do it again if you had to? Yeah, no, I would sell it again. It, I mean, you know, it was for my family. It was for building a house. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely do it again. I, it was kind of sad to see it go. I mean, I had a lot of good memories playing the games and finding the games and making the trades. But, you know, the connections that I made in the community, those are, you know, more important. And I like hunting out games. I like looking at pawn shops and going to thrift stores and making the trades. And now I, I kind of get to do it again. So that's that's fun. Yeah, that it's interesting that you mentioned that, um, that you know, you're, the memories and stuff. And I, I think people don't take that into account. The memories and, and the, the event and going out and getting those don't go away when you sell the physical items. You still have all the joy that it, it brought you that when you sell the collection, that joy doesn't just suddenly leave you. It, it's still there. You still went and did those things. It's not like you rec- retroactively cancel out all of the, the good times or the people you met when the collection is gone. And I think kind of people get hung up and kind of misequate the two uh, into one thing. No, and I yeah. think that's a good point because for me, it's more the hunt and the adventures is more interesting to me than the wall of games, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, especially when you go for complete sets, just not every game is a gem. Right. You know, some of them are just, you know, stinkers and there's nothing, nothing to be said about that. They're, they are just a, a box to check to get to the complete set. Some of them, some of them are great yeah. and your favorites and your darlings and you want to talk about them and take pictures of them. And other ones are just like, you know, rap jam volume one, <laughs> you know, so you get it on yeah. the shelf and then you forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as a bonus now, you know, if I go see, I'm sure you run into this problem, Johnny, since you have so many games, it's if you go to a garage sale, even if they have games, you're probably not going to find anything that you don't already have, which is the same thing into myself. And now I can go to a garage sale and if they have a few Nintendo 64 games or whatever, I probably don't have them. So that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. That's a nice win. Um, yeah. And I do run into that. Like when I go out, I see like a few games and even if it's a good price, it's like, well, I could pick it up for trade bait, but it's like, and then it's like, okay, what am I gonna, what am I gonna get? Like twenty or thirty dollars bonus in trade, and I'm gonna have to go through that process. I don't need any of this. And then I, I am also a fan of leaving it for the next guy to find. I'm, I'm okay with somebody else getting a deal and, and not taking a deal. Um, if I already have stuff, I know some people are very actively, oh, I need to, you know, if I can make the money, then great. I, you know, it's, it's nice when you're a collector to get a cool find. And if yeah. I don't need it, then I, I, you know, unless it's crazy value or something i i will leave i will leave things behind for the next guy or or leave yeah no i'm the same way it's it's you know if i have it i I don't feel like i need to have multiples of it like obviously if you come across something you know that's worth a lot i think that changes it but no i i feel the same way you do right if it's just for value then then no like if i found an earthbound out in the wild you know i'll probably pick up the earthbound you know just try and trade it for something i need but right you know, uh, a Mario World or something, it's like, or a Zelda. I, I just leave those. Yeah, no, I agree. So now you you mentioned now that you are collecting again, though. So let's let's establish first uh, a timeline. How long ago was it that you sold your collection? Uh, I think it was February 2015, so a little bit over a year ago. A little over a year. And okay, and did that put you to exactly zero games, or did you have some holdovers? No, well, yeah, all my all my extras, they became my new collection. So I don't know how many I had extras, maybe four or five hundred games extra. Nice. So your your extra pile was like mine. You had a bigger collection than most people just in your in your doubles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just stuff laying around that you know, I I was eventually gonna sell or trade, but since I sold my collection, that's that's the start of my new collection. Right. And you are collecting still now. So what are you I know you've got to focus on Wii, so how how's that going? Wii, Wii has been great. Yeah, I've really enjoyed Wii. Um, I think why I kind of gravitated towards Wii is because I had completed a lot of the other Nintendo sets previous, Wii was kind of something, kind of uncharted territory for me, for my collecting. And 
Wii itself is kind of uncharted territory, which is kind of why I like it. You know, not a lot of collectors collect for the Wii right now. It's kind of a new system, and it's it's not retro enough to be cool, but it's it's not new enough to be interesting to most people. So it's kind of in that sweet spot for collecting, where you can go into a GameStop, or you can go to a garage sale, and you can find games for cheap. Especially GameStop. I mean, they they kind of they just kind of want to get rid of games, get rid of rid of Wii games because I think they want the shelf space. So you can go in there and find a lot of games for under five dollars, a lot of 99 cent, two dollar, three dollar Wii games, and and so it's kind of a fun system to collect for. It's kind of like I said, not a lot of people collect for it, so it's not a lot of. I, I don't think people know what the hidden gems are, or what the rare games are, or even what constitute a complete set. And so I'm kind of that's what I'm interested in. It's, it's uncharted territory, so that's that's kind of what I've been working on right now. As we, yeah, part of that um, I like people say they think what's rare and what isn't but you know as we know if you saw nintendo collecting pan out like like we did you know back in the year uh you know before 2010 you start to see the rarities of games as people realize what is and actually isn't rare people start changing their minds and their their values on things and you start to see things shift and also the wii has games still coming out right i mean uh every skylander set so i don't know if there's been any new ones but like there was just sing 2016 or something that just came out for the wii so i mean Mm -hmm. it's weird it's console that's still kind of getting uh games every so often and um like you you do with the gamecube kind of similar to what you're doing now right because there wasn't too many people doing gamecube when you started assembling your list for that right yeah yeah that was a similar situation where you know everybody Everybody knows the NES and Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64. They know those sets, and a lot of people collect for them, and they're great systems. That's why. But people know those systems. They know the ins and outs. They know the rares. They know the variants. And it was, it was not really that case, the, the same case with GameCube. Um, people, Not many people had collected for that system, and so that was kind of a good opportunity to go in there and figure out what's rare, connect with other people that collect for the system, and, you know, just... It, that was kind of the same same situation, kind of uncharted territory. So that was really fun to figure out what are the variants for the system, what are what's the rare ones, what what are the hidden gems, and GameCube is kind of in a similar situation that N64 is or will be. Is it's kind of picking up, you know, the kids that grew up on GameCube, they're kind of older now, they're graduating college, they're starting to get into collecting, they want to relive their childhood memories, which are on GameCube, and so I think you're going to see those prices rise a little bit, but uh, yeah, GameCube, that was that was a great set to go for, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, and uh, your list, I mean, I still go by your list, uh, for what I call the player's choice and stuff, which I know, like, I don't think the player's choice stuff is completely flushed out, I think it's like 99.9%, but I still think there may be a couple players' choice that haven't been identified, like weird regional variants. Yeah, yeah, those things, they pop up. I mean, it's kind of weird. You, you think that if you could go to Nintendo's website, they'd have a good list of everything they put out from their own system. But I'm sure, as you know, that's really not the case. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to, if you're a collector, you kind of got to make your own list. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, the worst I've ever seen is the Sega stuff. You talk about, I mean, especially when a company kind of goes defunct a little bit. That, when I was doing the list for Sega, it was just, I mean, it's a nightmare. And then, like you said, you'd think Nintendo, still going strong, especially during the Wii heydays, like, hey, these people gotta know, right? Nope. So, I mean, so much is in, is controlled by the publisher that, um, that information is just, you know, you gotta assemble it piecemeal. Right, so. right. Yep. All right, so you are collecting Wii now. What what's that like? How many how many games do you have for Wii? Uh, for my Wii set, I think I'm about halfway done, which is roughly 625 games. That's where I'm at right now, out of the 1,250 that they put out for that system. Um, so Wii Wii is a little bit crazy because it's such a large set. I've never collected a set that big. I know PS2 and DS they have bigger bigger uh, complete sets. But um, for a Nintendo console, that's definitely, especially home console, that's definitely one of the bigger sets to go for. And since it's kind of a, a newer system, I've never collected for a system that new before. So that's also a little bit different. I mean, you can still go into a Walmart and find Wii games. And that's definitely not the case with, you know, anything older than Wii. So it's it's been a, it's been a bit different. Um, 
if I was collecting for Nintendo 64, I would have been done twice over with 600 and some games. You know, or I would have been nearing the end of my NES or Super Nintendo set with 600 and some games. But we, it's kind of a, it's it's a, it's like a mountain climb. I'm halfway up the mountain. Yeah, I mean, to put that into perspective even further, essentially, collecting for Wii is like collecting a full NES set and a full Super Nintendo set. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Yeah, no, cat. And then, <laughs> think about it. there's so much, so much weird stuff going on with the Wii from these individual publishers. There's a lot of information not out there, like on second-run disc, because I have some doubles of Wii games where it looks exactly the same, but one disc will be black and white, one disc is color, or one disc is like green and one disc is blue, but it's the exact same game. The box is exactly the same. There's no discernible difference to me yet of what I should be looking for to see why one game is this way, especially when you get it from GameStop, too, when they just have a pile of discs and put it in the case after the fact. I don't know if they put the wrong game in there or the right game. So there, now there's some weird stuff going on with Wii. It's a, it's a unique system to collect for. And there's also a ton of, of big box games for the Wii, which is challenging. Like, you know, the Wii is the, the ultimate accessory system, you know, because everything had, you know, since it's a motion control, you know, bows and arrows, swords, nerf items, you know, guns of all different types and flavors, fishing poles, you know, all the music games that go into it, karaoke. There's just a lot going on with the Wii as far as, you know, ancillary items that are just go beyond the game. But I think that makes it an interesting system to display because of all of those items. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's it's a super unique system to collect for. It, it It's hard to display because nothing is the same size except for just, you know, the disc cases. But then, you know, you just have a lot of random big boxes too which i I love a big box i love all the stuff that comes in like a cardboard big box yeah i'm kind of the opposite there i know we had a ton of that stuff and i'm avoiding all of it i'm just trying to avoid you know me i'm kind of ocd with my collection and i want everything on the shelf to look exactly the same and the same size boxes and whatnot so i'm 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 not even going to mess with any of those accessories I just, I just that the one you're talking about, you mentioned before the Let's Sing 2016, and that came in a big box with microphones, and that's kind of uh, an odd Wii game. If, if anybody that's listening finds that out there, you definitely want to pick that up because that game was recalled, much like Stadium Events. It was recalled very, very early in its run. Something was wrong with the microphones, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so any of those that went to GameStop got pulled from the shelves. And uh, I think the last one I saw sell on eBay sold for 250 or 260 bucks. So it's definitely one of the top tier, highest priced Wii games right now. One of the rarer ones. Um, and I actually just picked up a copy of that and it was sealed with the microphones and it comes with the standard Wii game inside of it. And I'm just like, I just don't want to display these, display these microphones on my shelf. So I probably kind of a collector sin, but I opened up the box and pulled out the Wii game and now what? I have a Wii game on my shelf. Well, if you want to send me the outer cardboard box and the microphone, totally good with that because guess who's just got a disc-only copy? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so. I consider it. I'll trade you. All right. Well, we'll, trade. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what, what needs to happen there. All right. All right. Yeah, Kat, you, wanna, you want to you get in on this? Do you want to – if we – does it go online? Could we all sing together? Oh, yeah. my dear Lord. We need to make a video if so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible singer. Sorry, guys. So, Johnny, I'm enthusiastic. So, so I know you're you're almost done with your Super Nintendo set, right, Johnny? Painfully close. It's yes. the only thing I think about. So I'm trying to I'm trying to be the little bird in Johnny's ear to get him to go towards the Wii set. I know there's a lot of shovelware. I know it's kind of a, a iffy system to collect for, but there's also a lot of great games for the system. And so I'm, I'm pushing Johnny. I know he wants to go for a Wii set. I know he's going to be bored after his Super Nintendo set. Well, he's going to need something to do, or he's just going to, what, I don't know, sit in the middle of his office and look at his game. Do you need something? Right. You know, right. I I don't know. that. I I think about it, and I've done some of the initial work that I that I always do with sets. I have like 400 games already, so it's not like it's not like I'd be starting from ground zero. And I've got a bunch of the weird, you know, uh, accessory games like uh, Monster Jam with with a steering wheel and things like that. So I I don't know. There I'm getting a, a lot of pressure a few different ways. Like 
should I collect Vita? Because I've never collected a PlayStation set. So I was thinking maybe Vita. So it seems like a good time to get in there. And then I'm thinking about the Wii U, and I'm thinking about the Wii, and I also thought about the Game Boy Color. Like, those are the ones I'm debating right now. Well, the thing with Wii, I guess it would keep you going for a while. It sure would, but man, over a thousand games, it's so many games. Do you have space? That would be one consideration for me. Do you have I'm, space? Not exactly. No, I have I have my game room, and then I have a room that I call the shame room. And uh, that's just like where everything that doesn't fit right goes. Like all the weird Wii boxes are in there and stuff. Because I don't want to... They don't display very well, as uh, Aaron was touching on. And I don't... My OCD won't let me just look at them. So I, I put them in the shame room, and they all just kind of get stacked and bundled. It's just a, a big closet that they sit in. Yeah, the the Wii the Wii U that might be a good set to go for. I, I'm kind of on board with you on that. Maybe when I'm done with the Wii set, I might go for the Wii U. I mean that the nice thing about that it's going to be a small set. I mean Nintendo Nintendo is barely supporting it anymore. You know they're kind of moving on to the NX, and um, the, there's going to be like 150 or so Wii games, Wii U games by the time it's all said and done. So yeah. it's going to be half of the Nintendo 64 set. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how big the set is. Uh, to be honest, um, I'm not sure what they're at now, but I imagine you're right that it's going to be 200 or less. And that mm-hmm. I've got about 40 now already, so you know that puts me in about the same with 400 Wii games and 40 Wii games. I'm at about the same spot in both of those collections, uh, yeah. percentage-wise. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would suggest though for Wii U, just wait a little bit. You know, wait till GameStop starts to put those in the bargain bin. You know, wait a couple of years. NX will come out. They'll get those on the shelf, and uh, that that would be my suggestion. I know right. everybody likes different, but yeah. you know, I feel like you have ulterior motives too. I know you want me to take this journey with. <laughs> yeah, right. We need to trade. We need to get some trades going. Well, I do. I do have like twenty or so that I'll I will get a list for you. All and, right. Uh, see if you need, and then may, maybe I'll consider. I know you got a pile of doubles, so. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm I'm gonna think about, it. but I'll have to like make some rules like whether I'm doing all the big box. I can't do all the big boxes. I I mean it's insanity. For some reason, everyone still thinks those should be a hundred dollars or more. Like on on a lot of the big box games, I have a weird Disney dance pad set like that. I think I paid twenty dollars for, but then shipping was still like twenty dollars. So it's just like a pain in the. Well, you will have to take the time to make all of your lists and be organized, as I know that you won't do this without lists. Well, see, the beauty of Aaron is that I know Aaron's already making lists. I know he's got something already. Oh, right. see, then then you have a good argument for Johnny collecting because you have lists, and that's just a good start. Oh, yeah. No, one of the, like, when Aaron and I first instituted our trade and he sent me his GameCube list, I was like, oh, somebody somebody who speaks my language. All right. <laughs> and then he, there was, like, variants listed in their own cows. like, all right. This is somebody who knows what's up. This is this is my kind of OCD collecting right here. This is exactly where I need to be. It made you happy nonetheless. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was great. It, was, it became a very easy transition. He already he's the one who made me uh not made, but got me into the GameCube set. So, we'll, we'll see if Aaron turns me on to this second set. Then it'd be nice because when I finish, I'd be able to say I have all the Nintendo consoles like up to Wii U. I might do Wii U and Wii kind of at the same time. Okay, well that makes sense. You know, I mean, you just want to have something else you can look at, find it. Well, and if it gets stagnant on one, then you're not bored. Right. So, I think that kind of takes us through your collecting. You're just primarily set up on Wii right now, and you're picking up anything that's a good deal, right, that you find locally? Right, yeah, I'm just filling in the spots as I find them, you know. If I find a good deal on Game Boy or whatever, I, I pick up the games as I see them, pretty much. So... Are, are you going for complete sets in any of that stuff again, or is that just kind of, nah, just whatever you find, you find? Yeah, not right now. I, I'm just kind of picking up as I go. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys, but prices have changed a bit for NES and Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64, so I, I am picking up games for those as I see them, but I, I don't know if I can shell out some of the higher-priced uh, games for for those ones. Oh, yeah, Game- no, they're ridiculous right now. Yeah, yeah. Games that, I mean, I think I bought Zombie Nation for $20 a few years back. Yeah, that one's crazy. A lot of the games that were $10, $20 when I picked them up are now $100-plus games, so. 
Yeah, I don't the, know if I'm going down that road yet. The the funny one for me is uh, when I I look and I, I just bought not too long ago, like a month or so ago, I bought Hook for the Super Nintendo, complete in box, and I paid thirty five dollars for it, and that's more than I paid for my Chrono Trigger. <laughs> so I mean, just like, and that's just what ha- has happened to Super Nintendo games over time. You right. know, just like okay, wow, this the 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 hobby's really exploded, and that's another benefit of the things like the Wii, right? Most right. of the prices are pretty suppressed, except for a couple of weird sets people have like identified as what they feel like are the it par- the it portion of the the Wii to collect, you know, that like all the maximum games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, like I was saying, kind of a lot of the rares for that system are undiscovered, which is good from a collector standpoint because, you know, that means you can still get them for cheap. But the Wii has a great deal of games where you'll find three or four copies on eBay or less. And those are going to be really rare games in five, ten years. But you can still pick them up for cheap now. So I, I suggest everybody that is interested in the Wii, now is, now is the time to do it. Yeah, so Kat, for you, I, I know you're probably not interested in collecting it, but but seeing it, and this is also for Aaron. I know you've got like your weekly pickups on Nintendo Age, mm-hmm. but you need to like you need to transfer that over to Instagram too. So right. so when you put those pictures up on NA, you gotta say just like quick title this week's pickups and uh, give us even if it's like two or three different pictures, um, you know, two or three different posts. Because I know a lot of people on Instagram are are actually big into the Wii. Like, I, I posted up, like, a big portion of my Wii collection, and uh, then, like, a couple other guys on Instagram went crazy, started picking up Wii stuff, and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, Johnny posted this, and then they started showing me there, and now they're far surpassed me in their Wii collections, the, both of these guys I'm thinking of. Um, so, yeah, you should put that up on on Instagram. There's a lot of people who are interested in the Wii stuff. Yeah, no, I definitely will. Seems like, um, see, I'm I'm just getting into Instagram myself. I mean, I've been on there for a couple of years, but uh, I haven't really posted a lot. So the last few months, I've been posting more and more, and that's really it's a great community and great site. And I'm still feeling my way around it, but yeah, I really enjoy Instagram. I think that you know Nintendo age probably skews a little bit older. A lot of old men like us in our 30s in yep. Instagrams, hipper kids, you know, in their 20s, and that's probably why it skews a little bit more towards. The Wii, as you were saying, but um, yeah, no, I, I've really enjoyed throwing some stuff on Instagram. I'll have to do that. Yeah, Instagram is, is interesting, but you're right; it does skew younger. I'm I'm one of the old men of Instagram. Cat's Cat's uh, uh, not quite, you know, in the youngest segment, but she is in one of the younger segments. So, yeah. so congrats, Cat. You are. You still <laughs> I'm have getting your older, youth. but I haven't hit thirty yet. Right, you are older, but not old. So, congrats on that. Yeah, John's almost at 30, though, so I I, I still, luckily, am going to be a year behind him. Yeah, well, but John's on Nintendo Age, too. So. Yes, yeah. See, the old men get drawn to Nintendo Age. They, gotta, they have to have a place to post their angry comments. Okay, well, that's fair. That's that's what I do with Nintendo Age. Ah. Um, all right, so let's, uh, let, I think we should move on to the second half of our show, unless there's anything else you want to tell us about your collection, any other tips you have for us, Aaron? Uh, nope. I, I would say that's, yeah, that's good. And Kat, do you have any other questions for Aaron? No, I think that was really cool to learn about it. We, something I don't know a whole lot about other than what Johnny's filled me in on. So I think that's an awesome undertaking. It seems daunting to me with that many games, but awesome nonetheless. Yeah. And his picks are, his picks are great. You should, that's why I said you don't really go to Nintendo age, but I know if they were on Instagram, you would see him. So you should definitely port them over because they're, it's interesting to watch your progress. Like, I, I've been in that thread on Nintendo Age since you started it, but I don't know if I've commented on it at all, just because I'm more more focused on Instagram now. Yeah, yeah. No, anybody that's kind of interested in Wii and wants to see the process, that's what I'm doing on, on Nintendo Age under the Finder's Keeper section. I'm kind of going from my first game to my last game, completing the set, and I can just post my pickups as I find them and try to mention the hidden gems of the rare games. Yeah, Aaron... Has also on Nintendo Edge. If you if you get into searching, that's what I'm saying. You gotta port some of this over to Instagram. He right. he did a lot of uh, when he collected for the GameCube. He did a lot of essentially like tutorials on how to collect for the GameCube, like what the players' choices are, the big box sets, the Kmart variants, the movie ticket variant. He did just a ton of stuff on it, ton of research, and uh, you know all this stuff is top notch. So you if you don't go to Nintendo Edge, 
that's a reason to go there just for that set. And you can search Aaron's name, which is Nintendo Twizzer there, and um, and find it under his post. It's a uh, it's really good. I mean, from someone who is research oriented like myself, you know, I, I I'm impressed with it. So that that's like the highest marks I can give to something. It's got yeah. Johnny's stamp of approval. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. So, so Aaron, now in the second half of the show, what we do, or you know, last third, we should really say, <laughs> is we we do two things. We always talk about what we've picked up, like just recently in this last week, and what we're playing, if any. So, as you are our guest, why don't you go ahead and start us off and tell us what you've bought? Okay, sure. Yeah, like I've been saying, I've been picking up a lot of Wii games. Uh, I just completed the Maximum Racing set for the Wii. Uh, Maximum Racing, they have nine games in the set. They're all fairly rare games. If you go on eBay, there's maybe one or two copies of each game at any given time. Maybe there's no copies. Maybe you can't find a copy on Amazon. So those are kind of hard games to find, and uh, they're really crappy, crappy games. They kind of look like uh, games that came out on Windows 95, you know. So they, they're they pretty low budget, pretty crappy, and extremely rare, and I just finished that set. So, um, yeah, those are the Maximum Racing games yeah some that, of those are climbing in price too right now yeah yeah and those i think that was other than just other random wii games that was probably my latest pickups yeah it's uh it's a it's a good time to be in on wii but it is you know you we are starting to hit that threshold where people are, are recognizing it. those max i'm kicking myself on those maximum racing games i knew about them a while ago then when i went and i looked at them uh this week actually after i saw your post about them I was like, damn it, some of them are over $50. Not where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kat, have you finally bought anything? I did. I bought Doom for Xbox One. You bought, You didn't even buy Alice in Wonderland? You didn't? No, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm buying something I'm actually going to play. I'm sorry, Johnny, but I am definitely, definitely not going to digitally paint pictures of Alice, even though I love it and I want to have it on the shelf for display, but I also wanted something I'm actually going to play. Kat, I don't. I, mean, I have no rhyme or reason. It's just, it's always going to be that way. I'm like all over the place with it. <laughs> yeah, you are definitely all over the place, Kat. Just buy buy one retro game. Pretend. Well, there, will, there will be retro games, but right now what I wanted to play was something that's not you retro. To, you want to play Doom? <laughs> well, the new one's supposed to be really good. It's all um, installed on the Xbox One, so that's what I'm going to get into tonight. I had a little bit too much wine at my mother-in-law's last night and fell asleep, so John took over playing it. He said it was good, so I actually want to play it, though. <laughs> I've actually heard good things about Doom and the multiplayer for Doom. At least it's a classic series. Aaron, you play yeah. any Doom? I played original Doom. I, I've seen this uh, some screenshots and videos of the new Doom. It looks pretty awesome, but I have not played it yet. Do you do any modern gaming, Aaron? Uh, a little bit, a little bit here and there. Well, I guess once we get to the gaming, I, I can tell you what I've been playing on the 3DS. But. Okay. All right. So, me, what have I bought? Um, I bought Alice in Wonderland, which Kat did not. As as I told you in the in the middle of the podcast when I, I started searching for it and committing best offers, uh, first person turned me down, then I went to another one with uh, a better shipping rate, even though the, their price was higher, and then made a best offer, and then got it for cheaper than that. So I got it for... About $20, which is not so bad. And then I also traded for some NES manuals to kind of fill in some boxes. I bought Medieval for the PlayStation because that's kind of like my Halloween-themed games. That's like my my subset that I've designated all myself that I'm always picking stuff up for. And the big one is Castlevania Dracula X for the sake of Saturn import. I, I did this in a trade. Uh, and I'm very happy to get it. And I did that trade with a person on Instagram named Tyler Plurden. And, you know, this has been a game on my list for years. But it's always hard for me to justify imports, especially when I'm in the middle of collecting another set. And this one's always been kind of expensive. So the fact that I could trade for it, even though I, I traded heavily, didn't matter to me. It, it was nice to, to get something of a, a good value here. So I'm really excited about this. This Castlevania. It's one of my favorite series, and now all I need to do is find the Japanese uh, Turbo Graphics one, and then I'll be good to go on these. You've had a good week then. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty good week. And then uh, the next week, I don't know what's going to happen next week. Next week, I kind of got to lock it up. Um, tax paying time was uh, not the best, 
I hate paying taxes. Well, then uh, I can bug you for a little while about not buying things. Yeah, Kat, we'll see. Um, <laughs> well, I, if I find either of the two last Super Nintendo games I'm missing, I'll, I'll be dipping into the savings. Hopefully I just get to say, hey, I finished and I'm done. And then that's when we'll really hit a lull, because I won't know what to buy unless it's it's Wii games, right, Aaron? That's what I should be buying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Move on to that. Okay. Super Nintendo. All right, so what have we been playing? Kat, what have you played? Um, I was playing a little Kingdom Hearts again on the 2DS, because my 3DS is still MIA, which is somewhere in my mess of construction, I'm sure. Um, a little bit of Minecraft, and then tonight, Doom. Tonight, Doom. All right. And what about you, Aaron? What have you played? Well, uh, I've been playing some 3DS. Unlike you, Johnny, I'm kind of almost always playing on the handheld versus console just due to time, you know, with kids running around and whatnot. So um, so on the 3DS, I'm playing the Mega Man Legacy Collection, oh, which nice. is really awesome. Yeah, and I, it comes with that gold Amiibo, uh, Mega Man Amiibo, so that was great. Even though I don't collect Amiibo, I don't know, maybe the, down the line I'll jump into that. Um, but yeah, that, and that's great. That's the first six Mega Man games. You know, and I've played a little bit of each of them, but I never really sat down and played through them. And, uh, yeah, those those games are really, really tough. Mega Man 1 is, like, impossibly tough. But thankfully, on the Legacy Collection, they have save states. So anytime I get passed apart, you know, I'm saving. And then if I die, I just jump back to that save. Really? Uh, There's save states? Yeah, yeah. So it's great. If it, You know, 8-year-old me could probably play through those games because I had a lot of patience. But now that I'm an adult, I, I just don't have the time or patience. So I've kind of been spamming the save states. But um, I beat Mega Man 1, which is crazy hard. Mega Man 2, by comparison, was way easy. And I'm about halfway through Mega Man 3 right now, which is kind of a good combination of both in terms of difficulty. Um, and I'm also playing Super Metroid, which was ported over to the Virtual Console, console for the 3DS. And Super Metroid's kind of like, I think every collector or gamer has that one spot in their collection or gaming that they're kind of embarrassed that they haven't beat or played much through. Oh no, it's your Super Metroid? Yes, that is mine. Now I I love the Metroid series. I've beat the original Metroid many times. I've even beat the Game Boy one. Uh and I've beat, you know, the the handheld ones, Fusion, Zero Mission, all those ones. Those are all great games. I love those games. But for some reason, Super Metroid, I don't know. This is kind of my blind spot. I don't know how I missed this one. So I'm finally playing through that in the 3DS, and that's great. Nice. Yeah, it, it's great. Um, You know, a lot of people rank that as the best Metroid. I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth. I really love Metroid Fusion a whole lot uh, because I have a lot more nostalgia for Metroid 1 because I was one of the first Nintendo. Like, I've got a whole story that involves Metroid. Uh, anyways, personal, like a personal one of my favorites. Um. But yeah, Super Metroid is great, uh, but Metroid Fusion was kind of like a, a nice blend of nostalgia and and what was good about Super Metroid. So yeah, I I go back and forth on which is my favorite Metroid, but Super Metroid is definitely towards the top tops there. I also love uh, Metroid Prime on the GameCube quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's probably my favorite GameCube game. So what have you been playing, Johnny? Um, let's see. What have I been playing? I played a little more Lego Dimensions. And I played Epic Mickey Power of Two on the uh, on the PSP Vita or on the on the Vita, not the PSP, which is a Japanese game. It, weirdly, it did not, or maybe it's European, but it didn't come out in America. I mean, it came out on um, on the 3DS, but it didn't come out on the Vita here in the states. And I, I found a copy for five bucks, so. Uh, I had to sit in jury duty, so I brought that with me, and I was playing some of that. Are are you allowed to do that while you're sitting in jury duty? Well, you sit first before you're like on a jury panel, and you're just okay. sitting in a room waiting to be called, so you can do whatever you want at that point. You know, you're just waiting. So you're sitting in a giant waiting room with a bunch of other people who don't want to be there. Well, at but, least you had video games. Yeah, I did. I had like four. I was like, okay, I just got this all those Vita games for you. I'm like, I'm going to take a few with me and, and test them out. So that's what I, I did. That's what I've been playing. And then um, a little bit of Call of Duty as well, because that is my go-to mindless game when I just uh, need to decompress. Well, that's good. It's always good to have things like that. Yep. You've got Minecraft and I've got, um, you know, Call of Duty, which I don't know why I say decompress, because really I just get angry 
uh, <laughs> because I'm bad. I'm terrible at it, so I just get angry and, and lose a lot and then shut it off. Oh, okay. It makes me decide that going to bed is the right choice. Oh, well, maybe in an inadvertent way, it is beneficial. It is. It is helping. All right. I think that is the show. Hey, Aaron, tell us where we can find you on Instagram. Uh, sure. Username on there is Nintendo Twizzer, and Twizzer is T-W-I-Z-E-R. And, yeah, that's me. And Nintendo Age, same name? Same spell? Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, Kat, what about you? Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at CatSylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And I'm at Johnny underscore Iucci, J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. And Aaron, hey, thanks a lot for taking the time. I know it was hard to kind of get schedule around all the things you got going on. So I really appreciate you uh, finding the time to, to spend this hour with us. Yeah, it was yeah. really neat to hear all about your collection and your process and recollecting. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, everyone, you should check out Aaron. Like I said, a lot of great information. You know, one of my favorite collectors out there. And um, one of the people I make sure when they post something, I always check it out. So you guys should do that as well. We will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.